This is the Sports Desk. Good evening, welcome to the Sports Desk and your Friday evening. Sam and Hennett, of course, back with you again. Oscar, Adam Miller, and there's a third man in the studio. What is your name? I didn't even grab My name's before. Daniel. Daniel? My name's Daniel. Okay, so that's three. Oscar, Adam, Sam and Daniel. Good afternoon, or good evening to you boys. Uh, how are you feeling tonight? Yeah, not too bad. Good to be on the show after taking a couple of weeks off and excited as ever to chat about what's going on in the wonderful world of sports. All right, well, we better get straight into the news, and I think this has been a, a pretty uh, topical one over the week, um, and thankfully it turned out the right way. Dr- Jacob Van Royen, uh, striking ban, been thrown out uh, at an appeal, leaving the young Melbourne talent free to play uh, against Hawthorne on Saturday. The AFL Appeals Board, uh, with his lawyer's argument, the two-match suspension he received was an error of law. After pointing to the code-specific rules on marking, the panel deliberated for more than two hours before dismissing the ban, having decided they can't redraft the laws of Australian football. Emerging star Van Royen has been cited for a dangerous spoil where his arm hit the head of Gold Coast, Charlie Ballard, sparking mass frustration across the AFL spectrum due to seemingly harsh penalty for a football action. I heard he wore his Carlton jersey to the tribunal there. <laughs> and, and Carlton's lawyers help him get off as well. I'd, and I, our, to be honest, our lawyers are pretty good, but I wish we were better on field than <laughs> yeah, our lawyers are. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, Nick, Nick Newman can, uh, definitely confirmed that uh, for your boys. Kind and, of and Patrick Cripps as well last and, year uh, too. <laughs> But I think um, going back to Van Royen, I think it's very interesting. I was kind of borderline because I think he definitely he definitely had good intentions. He was obviously had his eyes on the ball, but in the same sense, it was quite clumsy what he did. Like he didn't take him with a fierce guy. Took him with his like almost forearm, so it was almost like a mid air. Yeah, but I, I still think that's just what happens. You're going to have these mm-hmm. incidental collisions in this game. That's how it is. It's a risky. We, we can't thing, rule out everything because then it's just not footy. I think there will always be that. There will always be the kind of that danger aspect, and I feel like if you were to take out that danger aspect of the game, that that's kind of that's what gives you the thrill. I think it's a bit ridiculous when they over like super look too much into detail in slow mo of every action because it's just. It's you know, just not how it plays it, out at full speed. It's so. a 360 game. Like yep. um, Angles happen, bad angles happen, bad moments happen, bad moments happen, and you can't judge a people off one like, screenshot or one kind of movie yep. at like, 0.5 speed. I've heard um, I've heard about... I, didn't, I haven't had a proper look at it myself, but from what I've heard about the speculation and of what him getting off as well, I heard it's actually like it's a good thing that he got off on that because yep. if they're reporting people for stuff like that every week, then... There's going to be a lot of issues. Yep. Mm. Well, then where do you draw the line? As someone who doesn't watch footy that much, I've seen some pretty nasty tackles of knees and heads and getting people in the groins and all of that. And It's some really, really awful <laughs> stuff when you see it, and it feels like something shouldn't be allowed. So where do you draw this line of what's too much? Well, I think they're protecting the head, uh, and that's what they're looking for as kind of paramount because con- concussion and that sort of thing. I-, I think that what they've done with dangerous tackles and sling tackles I think is perfectly, perfectly fine. Um and maybe the fr- more front-on contacts that they've kind of ruled out a bit. Mm. Uh, I think they have made some positive changes in it, but I think at the moment they're just maybe just looking a bit too over over the top of it at the moment. It's all subjective at the end of the day. We've all got our opinions. And, yes. Uh, that's, be- that's the beauty of uh, community <laughs> radio. We get a chance to kind of talk all about them and all about 
every sport and every issue involving it. Yep. You could okay. always have the old man approach. Oh, back in the eighties, these likes <laughs> they never protect the head. They were perfectly fine. He came on with his broken collarbone, and he was right. Back in my day, back you can always yeah, throw in the back no. in my day comments. No health and safety. <laughs> wow. And it was entertaining, I tell you. <laughs> oh, that's what my dad tells me. Well, I'm sure it's entertaining, but not safe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, any other news stories just off the top? That uh, has I think talking about, well, not talking about violence, talking about incidents, one thing that's definitely um, government policy, which I definitely approve of today, is that apparently violent spectators across both um, grassroots and professional sports could soon face lifetime bans if yeah. they were found guilty of committing violent acts at um, sporting grounds. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. I remember seeing uh, just maybe a week and a bit ago up in uh, New South Wales, there was a, a local mm-hmm. soccer where a ref got his jaw knocked out by a spectator and then it's nice. just ridiculous. I don't think there's... There should be life bans. It's just ridiculous. you got to protect people all the way from, you know, the top uh, to grassroots level and that goes the same for spectators that goes to sports and starts fights with other fans and all that. No, I think that guy, um, from what I actually read, the, um, the assaulter, the guy who, assault, who um, punched uh, referee Codre Yagel, I think he actually got refused battle and I think that's a good precedence. Because if you don't get that annoyed over a game of sport where it's just, especially the grassroots level where you just win yeah. for fun, you're not aiming to win prizes. Like if you're winning to win Division 5 of your Wednesday night football 5 on 5, <laughs> then it's just it's just a bit of fun. So yeah. I think it, it will cause a lot of people, especially kind of some of those parents at um, uni games, hopefully to rephrase their behaviour or kind of look at themselves in the mirror. It's like, do I want to be behaving like this around kids? Yeah. And do I want to behave around this around my family? So I think I definitely do appreciate that. That's for sure. Uh, also in footy news, I know the Port Mel, uh, not Port Melbourne, called VFL. <laughs> <laughs> I know Port Adelaide and Melbourne are renaming their names and um, from to Yakapulti and Nam again for their Indigenous Round Clash next week. Yep, and I think that's definitely an interesting uh, decision. For those that don't know, um, Nam actually refers to the gra- the um, basically this, what used to be the scrubland around the CBD, CBD Melbourne CBD. And uh, Yakapulti, I think it actually means like the river of death, apparently. And, uh, so really? A, yeah, r- river well, of death in our corner, the local indigenous <laughs> language. So it's uh, definitely... That's, uh, that's a direct translation? Basically, yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, Google Translate's a bit uh, <laughs> iffy, so I went through the uh, port website, did a bit of research uh, for a radio thing that did this morning, and it's cool. So I reckon it's definitely um, more like that, more, intru- more interruptions with the uh, local indigenous community, kind of seeing what they can, t- they can do. It kind of makes the indigenous round more than just a couple of cool jerseys. Yeah. Okay, and I always love uh, they the AFL posted a few of them. What's what's been your favourite if you've seen them so far? Because they all look amazing as oh, they nice. always do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like it sometimes when it's when it takes up the whole jersey. Mm. Sometimes it's a bit like too much on my eye. There was a Carlton one they did a few years ago where it was like some really cool Indigenous art just on the sides yep. that mm. I really liked. Um, but the one this year, it's, it is very nice, but what I didn't like is that the Hyundai logo is squared off. I yeah. like when it integrates. When I it's know. squared off, it just ruins it. I, I think that must be a request of the brand so it's visible yeah. and doesn't get lost in the art, which, mm. I mean, as important as the rent is, the yeah. sponsors need to be seen marketing, because that's marketing. what it is. It's true, it's true. That's what pays the bills. <laughs> yeah. All right, when we come back, we'll be breaking down uh, AFL and we'll be getting into the round nine, if you can believe it. Uh, that's all coming up on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. Alex Lloyd on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. And it's time to talk round nine of the AFL. 
And two Friday night games, interestingly, tonight, because I think they're shuffling things around because it is Mother's Day on Sunday. Uh, So, strangely, we've got two Friday night games. But realistically, who's tuning in to uh, to Gold Coast (laughs) and West Coast? Over Richmond and, and Geelong. Yeah. Uh, the, West Coast, like, the West Coast Eagles uh, and Gold Coast Sun <laughs> players, mum, mums and dads and and our loved ones, and I don't think many else. Yes. Well, I think I think it's probably a good thing, but maybe not at a good time. But when there's an extra Friday night or a special to give it over to in the West, I yeah. think, because they get such big footy crowds. But uh, unfortunately... West Coast Eagles, they're not doing so well at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, um, they, maybe they should have put it like a bit of time difference between it. What's the, what times are they both on tonight? Uh, okay, so seven twenty and eight forty, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so the first one, okay. of course, is Richmond Geelong. So, uh, yep. Um, about these, I mean, this is an exception because it's just random. But the this is my pet peeve in the AFL is the overlapping games. Yeah, really, you don't like me. that? No. I want to be able to watch both and not flick between quarters and yeah. breaks and stuff because you can't really get into either game. You're a Premier League fan, though, and I always like to draw comparisons between yes. Premier League sometimes have about, and I don't, we'll go back to AFL, but <laughs> Premier League sometimes have like, you know, six to eight games on at the same time. Yeah, skull rush. Yeah. You, you don't think that's, you, you, do you like it there but not like it with the AFL? Well, I think because I'm probably less following other games, okay. respectively, intensively as much yep. as I do. Whereas goal and because there aren't as many yeah, goals, yeah. In, it's a lot of investment. <laughs> yeah, to fair enough. Catch up with all the rest of the game. Did enough. you say okay. eight games at the same time? Isn't there sometimes uh, f- five, two? four or five at the same time? Okay, it's dude. called goal rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and right, then yeah. no, all the games of the last round are all on at the same time. That's so right. So that too. and that's exciting. But but in AFL, I actually quite like it. Sometimes on a Saturday, it comes to half time. There's 25 minutes. You're like, what the heck do I do mm. for the half time? And you can just flick to the other game. So it's yeah, not the worst, but I understand your frustration. Yeah, and then maybe if the game you're watching is probably not that good, you, you got to get out of jail free card to go yeah. watch the next <laughs> one. Um, okay, so Friday night footy can, uh, kicks off tonight, two hours and five minutes, uh, seven twenty p.m. The MCG Richmond and Geelong massive game ins and outs here. Richmond. Have named Trent Cochin out, Judson Clark and Noah Cumberland. Geelong have named Brandon Parfit out, Red Close and Patrick Dangerfield. Uh, now they've got a few outs, Geelong. This uh, weird one, this one. I don't know how I feel about this. And, and I mean, big Melbourne clubs, big uh, Victorian clubs. So this is always going to draw a big crowd and a high stakes game. Richmond, we mentioned uh, previously, have not been the best at all, and they look really shockingly bad. Uh, but I think they've got a lot of their stock, kind of their their finals team in rather than some of the young guys. Uh, and Geelong have got a lot of outs. Uh, so this could throw up an interesting one. Richmond's performance against Melbourne wasn't that bad two weeks ago. It's probably one of their only probably good performances in recent times. Um, and, I mean, Geelong have put the straps in and uh, actually uh, performing pretty well at the moment. Um, but the injuries will stack up. How, how do you see this game? I mean, to be fair, half of our um, half of our team is like metal hips, um, so I think there's always a uh, metal, <laughs> you're, you're metal hips uh, here and there. Very bit of a diehard Cats fan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think my uh, my dear father would disown me if I said anything else. So, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Cats fan, uh, born and bred. Uh, but okay. uh, after a bit of a sluggish start, especially where Jack Lacocious decided to be um, become uh, Josh Kennedy for a week against us, um, we're, we're chugging along quite nicely. So I think it'll be very interesting. Close, I think, has been suspended. Obviously, he's been suspended, but he's been impressive this year. Like, I think he's been doing, supplying a lot more than what he did in Duran Premiership League last year. So, that's a bit of a loss. 
I think Paddy Dangerfield, I think he's still amazing, but he's certainly not the Paddy Dan- Dangerfield winning a Brownlow medal. He has been the last few weeks. He's been quite good the past few weeks, though. He's, he's, he's run the clock back a little bit, I think. Oh, exactly. I think the whole team the whole team has, like, yeah. I think, three around the tribe have put in some very, very impressive performances. Mm-hmm. And I think those two differences, I don't, those two outs, I don't think should make a huge difference. I think Parfit. Parfit and Close is very much kind of like for like and whoever the sub might be to come in for Dangerfield. I think that's always going to take the stock down, but the likes of um, Guthrie, who'd been playing more midfield base, the likes of Duncan and the likes of um, like Menangola, I think they should be able to kind of help fill the gap to the extent and kind of negate the risk. Um, not, not negate the risk, but negate kind of the um, opportunities we will be missing through Danger. And let's be honest, like... Um, um, Jeremy Cameron and Patty and um, Tom Hawkins are just about the, the two most dangerous kind of forwards in the game right now. The probably the two most dangerous uh, forward duo I reckon the, the league has. Yep. Yeah. So I, With I, Harry Mackay spraying his yeah. shots. <laughs> yeah. If he was kicking straight, I'd probably have a different thing. I mean, uh, Marmy Chol and Levi Casvold are pretty pretty dangerous themselves, but especially just sitting in the crowd. <laughs> uh, the way I see the game tonight, Geelong. Um, been coming. They started off the season looking like they were going to be the worst defending premiers ever, but they've really come back the last few weeks. And Richmond, I don't really expect any decent results from Richmond until they got a Ruckman back in Tom Lynch. So I reckon it's an easy Cats run tonight. Oscar, look, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm a big cat supporter on the side, kind of just they keep up with the same colours as the Blues. I know that's a, a silly comparison, <laughs> oh, but as somebody who just doesn't get around the I footy agree. much, it's either Collingwood, Swans or uh, Carlton that I keep up with, and everyone else I'm kind of just off to the side for. That's okay. Good. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick Geelong because I, I don't like Richmond. Uh, and uh, I've pu- been pumping up their tyres a little bit here, but uh, look, I think... Uh, they just seem out of it this year. Maybe there'll be a game where they'll kind of steer the ship and it'll be a bit too late for them this season, but uh, we'll see how they go. Uh, the next game tonight, of course, we mentioned earlier, there's going to be slight interest in this, but uh, look, I still think some people get around it. Um, now knowing the- that the times are an hour and 20 off, I think there will be interest. Yep. I thought they were similar times. Okay. West Coast Eagles <laughs> play the Gold Coast Suns at Optus Stadium, 8.40pm. Uh, West Coast Eagles name Bradley Hugh. Uh, but is it Hugh? But Callum Jamieson, Harry Edwards, out Jai Cully, uh, Luke Edwards, uh, Shannon Hearn and Zane True. Gold Coast have named Hugo Awaya, Mac Andrew, Sam Day, out Ben Long, James Destas. Levi Casbolt and Sam Flanders. Uh, look, some upside, I think, for Gold Coast. We've seen the last couple of weeks. That win last weekend. Um, I think it was last weekend. Uh, it was pretty decent. Um, and I think they're just, just on the uh, the edge of moving up a bit. They're still a mystery to me. Um, uh, and then the, uh, the Wounded Eagles just continue to try and uh, salvage some sort of kind of game plan because it's just disastrous. So I think this is a good chance for uh, the Suns to get a, another away win on their on their way out t- trip all the way from the Goldie to the West Coast, the Battle of the Coasts. <laughs> Clocking up the air miles, uh, do, do they? I think uh, Cully's um, injury, though, for Eagles was a bit of a heartbreaker because he was definitely him and Oscar Allen have been kind of one of the bright lights, I feel like, of the Eagles um, out for this year. So I think, yeah, that's a bit of, I mean... 
they, they can't buy a trick at the moment, unfortunately, the Eagles. Ever since, like, the COVID season, they just seem like injuries have just plagued them. And I think their waffle squad is even to the point where I saw a joke the other day that their waffle squad is currently going around to, like, the uh, WA universities and kind of going around the the, uh, the club sign-up days, wow. getting, getting volunteers. Play? <laughs> Literally <laughs> like that, yeah. Kind of sign um, pre- enter the QR code and you can play against um, Peel or Claremont Thunder uh, on Sunday. That's funny. But, no, I think, um, yeah, I think... I think the Sunnies, to me, they'll eternally be between 12th and 15th position on the ladder. But I think there's there's um, moments. And I'd love for the likes of Sam Day and for Davis Waller to get some success. They've been that loyal to um, them that they deserve something. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but I do agree, though. I think the um, Sunnies would win pretty easy. Never heard of any of the West Coast Eagles' ins. Maybe I should have. <laughs> but um, And they've been that beat down, so I think it's an easy Suns win. Yeah, look... Just looking at the Eagles scoreline in the last five weeks is pretty shocking. I think it's at least a 50-point win in every single direction. So, uh, look, i got to give it to the Suns. They're, that is an incredible scoreline to have and sit at 17th place with. Oh, man. It has potential to be close because it's in West Coast, but I think ultimately... <laughs> I, 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 I shout out to the, the West Coast Eagles fans because they're still showing up. Mm. They are still showing up. Biggest they're fan really, base. Yeah, people don't, people one forget of the biggest that. fan bases Actually, in the yeah. AFL. Yeah, most, yeah. most members. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I, sure I most think members. I think it's Collingwood, Sydney Swans, and West Coast. It's been switching up recently. There you go. Oh, there we go. Saturday, we move on to Sydney Swans versus Fremantle, uh, 145 from the SCG. Uh, ends for Sydney Swans. Tom Hickey, Will Gould, out. Mark Sheather, uh, Peter Adams, and Tom McCartan. Fremantle um, have named no changes as of yet. Um, interesting. This one, I think. Uh, I. I Expected more from Sydney this season mm. so far. I think a lot of people have, um, and I think this is a chance for them to um, get some kind of respect back because people have just jumped on them. Oh, the premiership hangover, that kind of thing. Um, mm. Losing in the grand final, you don't really perform as well the next season. But uh, I, I still think there's a lot of young talent at Sydney that uh, has just been quietened up. That I think they'll be ready to come out again. And, of course, the pressure's been on Frio uh, the last couple of weeks as well. Um, and they managed last week to get a big win against the uh, Hawthorne. I mean, they, I mean, that was a must win for them um, after a few struggling weeks mm. from them. So, Napa for um, sub. What do we think of that? Do you reckon that? He was sub last week. Hmm. And then he came on, he kicked a goal or two. Mm. They're kind of treating him kind of like the super sub and all that, kind of give him like yeah. a quarter and a half he, to kind he, of rip it up. I was watching, he got one touch. It was just like a back flank touch. He just marked it and handballed it, but the crowd went absolutely insane for him. They <laughs> were so happy to see him back. Yeah, no, long time out. It's, um, mm. How old is he now? Oh, probably in his, well into his 30s, I think, yeah. maybe yeah. like 33. Is my guess hmm. veteran of the Dockers? Um. Yeah, the Swannies, I think, especially that. I mean, their away form, especially Victoria form, has just been bit, bit atrocious. To be honest, I think um, if you can't win in Victoria, you can't win a flag. So I think, yeah, especially when I went to see them a couple, like a month or two ago, when they versed the D's and. Yeah, there was just something missing. And you can tell they're kind of still the scars of the grand final last year are definitely remaining. And I think, yeah, they, um, they're they a lot better than they... They're, they're not the 12th best team in the competition. They're a lot better than that. 
But I think the gap between their best players and their worst players is huge. The the, the forward entries last week against Collingwood were terrible. They mm-hmm. just looked lost with that and uh, would have been very frustrating for Swans fans because they had a lot of the ball and just couldn't do anything with it. So. Do you reckon they were too obsessed with kind of, especially I saw they were taking on Dacos, especially in the first quarter or two. Do you reckon they kind of got, got distracted by the occasion and decided to try and well, make, it, make I, it a bravado versus bravado thing and not like a skills versus skills thing? Um, I mean, to an extent, maybe a little bit, a bit of a distraction. In maybe the first quarter, but I think after that it was just it was just more the skill errors, and uh, and I think um, yeah that's what really held them back. Uh, although I think they're going to win this at home. Nice. Would you nearly say uh, Arkham Papley's just about been the best player this season? Like I think he's been very impressive, going two goals a game. Especially like, I think he kicked five against the Lions or something like a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, um yeah, I'll say this one is to um, take the W at home. If Swannies want to be taken seriously, they need to win games like this. So, yep. I, th- I think they'll do it at the SCG. Yeah, I'm on Swannies too. Just a good team. My dad goes for him, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> yeah, something I'm curious about before I move on as well is someone who is a little removed from footy like myself, if you're looking at something like soccer, scoring a goal a game is a fantastic scoreline to have. But <laughs> with, with footy, the scores get up to 100 and, yeah. and more. So what's an ideal goal count for a great football player? They're really thought player or game per game, like the average average goal. If you're kicking over, th- if you're kicking over three goals per game, you're having a really good season. Yeah, I think back, like, back maybe ten yeah. years ago, or maybe uh, ten to fifteen years ago, when Buddy Franklin kicked hundred, kicked hundred, Fed finished on ninety nine. The game's changed since then, but mm. uh, especially I think they uh, um, think will uh, put a bit more pressure on. Say if you're a key forward. Yeah, uh, rather than as opposed to a, a fringe forward or yeah. someone off the side. If you're a key forward and you're getting less than one mm. goal a game, then yeah. the eyes are on you. I mean, it's, it's a whole other tangent to go down, which I, I won't, but yeah. um, <laughs> the game's so tactical these days. If a player does start scoring more than three or four goals a game, coaches usually shut it down pretty quick. Yep. Uh, next game, 2-10, Blundstone Arena, Saturday afternoon, North Melbourne v Port Adelaide. North Melbourne named Hugh Greenwood out, Ben Cunnington and Charlie Lazaro was the sub, so it will come out. Uh, Port Adelaide have named Ollie Lord out, Charlie Dixon and Junior Rioli. Uh, interesting couple outs there for um, Port. Charlie Dixon's been all right the last couple of weeks. So is Junior Royoli. So they're pretty interesting ones in the forward line they've lost here. But the real the real topic of this game is what's the reception going to be like for uh, Jason Horn francis uh, A bit disappointed this game wasn't scheduled for Victoria. Uh, they put yeah, it all no, the way no, in Tasmania. They knew. They knew. All right. It's it's a, it's a ta- like they knew this was happening. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like they could play. They would have sold it out. I feel like they could play on Mars. I would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could play on actual Mars and not at Mars Stadium. I feel like Horn France will still get a bit of attention from the from the crowd. Even though I think out there probably be the Martians. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as someone who's been to Ballarat, there are Martians out there. I reckon the Martians would be North Melbourne fans. <laughs> uh, all the to- talk about booing this week, we're, we're definitely going to see some angry North supporters. Mm. Rightly so. I was at Gather Round and, uh, you know, I threw a quick boo out to Jason Horn Francis just to show the Port fans around. Yeah. <laughs> I meant business. Uh, I had no uh, reason to. I just thought it was funny. I'd be like to them, just be grateful you got Harry Sheasel. Like, I reckon Sheasel has had a much, very good. Had, had much better season than Horn Francis had, so... 
Oh, the, we'll, uh, the whole trade's actually worked we'll out quite well. We'll get through this. Do we, do we think, um, and I don't know how many more games that they will play down there, North and Hawth, uh, North Melbourne. North Melbourne and Hawthorne. Um, they should merge. Will, <laughs> will they get a, yeah, a win down there? Will they finally get... The, well, how many wins they got for the year? Two or three? Two. Yeah, they won the first two, haven't won, um, won since... They've de- defeated the whole of Western Australia. <laughs> Can well, they defeat Tasmania? Oh, uh, no, sorry. The one, they're not versing Tasmania. South Australia. Uh, look, I think Port should get this done, but uh, I reckon yeah. this will be a fired-up game. I reckon ev- everyone's going to get maybe dig a little bit into it. Yeah. Do you reckon that the uh, match review officer could be having a bit of a busy Monday? I, I think he might. <laughs> I think he might. <laughs> uh, give, that, give Christian a bit of a workout. 4.35 MCG Saturday afternoon. Hawthorne and Melbourne are the emergency services game. Uh, respecting uh, all those that work on the front line. Uh, Hawthorne have named Cam McKenzie, uh, Changuath Jayath, uh, James Blank, Luke Bruce, Sam Butler out, Connor McDonald, Fergus Green, Jax Grimshaw, Josh Ward, Lachlan Bramble, Tyler Brockman. Um, and Melbourne have named Charlie Spargo, Michael Hibbard out, Daniel Turner, James Harms and James Jordan. Um, interesting one, this one. Um I think Melbourne's form in the last couple of weeks hasn't been that amazing. Mm. Um, and there's still... We've not seen the demons from a few years ago where they were just rolling through. I, I thought they would have had a bit of a charge back to maybe the um, in the second year post the flag. I thought maybe they'd charge up a bit. And I really like the the uh, um, Gorn combination with... Um, I've forgotten his name again. This is two weeks in a row. Grundy. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, yeah, they've yet to really, really stamp themselves. Um, Melbourne, I think, um, are only just getting past the, the Suns last weekend by five points. Um, and then Hawthorne, again, with the West Coast down at the bottom, not having a great season at all. So um, Melbourne, if they don't get this done comfortably, there might be questions raised. Then again, Melbourne sitting at second place on the ladder, which is still... Uh, <laughs> i got to say, guys, I wouldn't mind being second place on the ladder. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a very good point. <laughs> These wins are really narrow, though. I mean, I don't keep up with the Demons myself, but can anybody else kind of break down what they're missing to push into that first place, or why even you brought up the fact that they are struggling right now? Their, their forward line's definitely a bit threadbare, to be honest. I think that's kind of... De- definitely where it gets exposed. Like you got Pickett, you got Brown, you got um, Ben Royan, and yeah, Spar- it's a bit- So they're they're good players, really yeah. good players, and I'm not criticising that. But when you look at all the other teams around them, like when you compare them to Collingwood, you compare them to like St Kilda, and Lions have all got a very kind of established forward line. Yeah, of players that you know, like ba- basically not not big time players, but kind of like big reputation players. Spargo has been fantastic for them and Frisch, but Benny Brown. He's proven. He yeah, hasn't I been. Am. He hasn't been in it the past couple of years, but he's proven. Exactly. Has he got yeah. a Coleman? Uh, I think for North he got close to a Coleman one year. He yeah, did. Exactly. I mean, he's going I three, three goals a game. Year. He's going three goals a game this year, so he's obviously not doing too bad. Pickard, I think after his suspension, he's kind of just kind of knuckled down. So I think maybe that, but I think they've got the best midfield in competition. Mm. Like that's my opinion. Yeah, their, their midfield's really solid. I, I think I think that's exactly it. The forward line's a bit inconsistent. They don't know where mm. really who's going to show up that day or where where. So um, if they follow, putting a lot I of mean, pressure on your Did players. they have that the year they won the flag? Though I'm trying to think. Who did they have? <laughs> it's it's been the same. I think yeah. Also, I mean they put Gorney up the they put Gorney up forward um that year. 
Yeah. Because I remember when he kicked like, uh, I think it was like four and one quarter against us during that uh, during yep. that uh, semi-final. So who knows? Uh, they could definitely, it'd be interesting how they do kind of go when Gorney does return, if they kind of chuck him up forward. Because I don't, I think it would be a good idea, like to be honest, I reckon. Okay. I think the take that they don't have a strong forward line, I don't I, I necessarily agree with that. They got Fritch, who's kicked six goals in a grand final before. They got Kazai Pickett, one of the best uh, young small forwards in the yeah, game. Yeah, he's really good. And really Ben Brown, obviously yet to come back in, but he's a proven forward line. He just maybe mm. needs to get into his stride. Yep. Uh, with Grundy back from inj- with Gorn back from injury, they, he has the same thing that Luke Jackson was for when they won the flag that year to mm. put Gorn into the forward line. I think they'll be perfectly fine. I reckon that's an easy win for him as well. Yeah, I think that. To be okay. honest, All the Ds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to uh, be the Ds. Saturday night, uh, we kick off first with uh, Brisbane Lions and Essendon from the Gabba, 7.25. Dane Zorka in, out Jared Lyons. Noah Ainsworth uh, omitted. Uh, Essendon, Kane Baldwin, uh, Sam uh, Durham, out Darcy Parrish, Jake Kelly and Jordan Ridley. Essendon have been a random one. They are still sticking around a little bit, um, but I think... Uh, a home game at the Gabba for Brisbane, and they've been pretty, pretty, been pretty strong lately. And uh, I think the Gabba's a fortress, so mm. I think uh, I could yeah. see the Essendon fans yeah. not having a great night out. You never know what you're going to get from the Bombers like they're the most inconsistent. They're for a team that's arguably one of the most hyped up, kind of almost report on season on season. They're also probably the most inconsistent. I mean, yeah, as our as Jimmy, uh, Jimmy and Jason would know and all that, it truly is one extreme to the other. At their best, they can take down anybody. But as we, I feel like the Anzac game is definitely kind of could to me turn out to be a bit of a um a watershed moment for them this year because they went from fantastic second first half to just being completely overrun. And I feel like that kind of does represent them, represent the way they're going at the moment. The Lions, on the other hand, have kind of done the reverse. They started off the season with one of the more poorer performances against Power, and they've kind of gone from strength to strength these last couple of weeks with five wins in a row. So, yeah. I, um, Darcy Parrish, arguably their best midfielder, injured out. Jordan Ridley, arguably their best defender, out. My controversial call before I got to go home. <laughs> Brizzy Lions <laughs> by over 10 goals wow. in this game. Over 10 goals. Okay, over sell it out, ten goals. Over wow. 10 goals. No, nah, not 10. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm calling it 10 goals, okay. I'm going to say. Go be or go home, eh? Gee. I love it, guys. Have a great one. Awesome. Thank you. 7.30 uh, Saturday night. Carlton play the Western Bulldogs from Marvel. Um, uh, ins for Carlton. Matthew Cottrell, Matthew Owies. Uh, out Brody Kemp, Ed Kerner, and Josh Honey. Western Bulldogs have named James O'Donnell uh, uh, debut, I think. Uh, out Adam Trelaw and Lachlan McNeil. Uh, wow. Something about this room feels so much better with just Carlton supporters in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, my bad. You yeah. weren't the Carlton supporter. Oh, I'm so sorry. No. I missed yeah, the mic. No, I'm just going to step away from the mic now and let you to. Um, have your Charlie Kerno love fest. Uh, I, Far away. <laughs> I, I was so pumped up on Friday, last Friday's show, and I was bitterly disappointed with that performance. Um, and um, I think this is a must game. This is a must. And I feel like sometimes we'll be battered for a few weeks and then we'll just come out with a statement game. And I think this is the last chance, I think, for me to be... Like, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but uh, it's definitely not out of reach. Um, I think we've had the wood over the dogs for the last couple of years, um, and we always seem to be managed to get them or get really close to them. Um, So I think this is a really gettable game, and if we don't get this one, 
uh, I think serious questions are going to be asked because uh, the pressure is definitely mounting. And I think we'll definitely mount a response. Uh, I think a couple of good things though. Cottrell, um, haven't seen him much. Oh, this is his first game for the year. Um, loved his kind of run off the wing. I think he pl- played a bit of forward. So he's an excitement machine. Um, I think it's a perfect time to bring in a player like him. Just a bit of... Um, bit of passion and aggression into the team. Something. Give us something. Um, but dogs, on the other hand, uh, haven't been too bad. I've criticised them a lot, the dogs. Um, but I think this is definitely um, an interesting game. We sit at similar levels, I think, at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, seventh and eighth on the ladder currently. What, what are your <laughs> thoughts? Oh, look, uh, just looking at the previous games they've played, Bulldogs, they've kind of been scraping along with wins. We haven't seen anything insane, like how badly we... Uh, What's it called? Uh, West Coast Eagles have been losing some of their games. So, I mean, 94 to 65, 71 to 86. These are really tight score lines. Why Colton, it's it's more like a heartbeat graph, you know? We're going mm. up and down and up mm. and down. Rollercoaster. So, if we're following the uh, trend, then it's time to go up after last week. Okay. That's it. I, I, it's, I don't think there's anything else I, I can yeah. say about it, but it just feels like, Colton, when we need to win, we come, we come through. I see the doggies very much what I said for um I think I'm more extreme on what I said for demons. I feel like their forward line their forward line's always been a bit iffy. Their midfield again is one of the strongest going around, like Trelaw, Bontempelli, McRae, like you can't doubt the quality there. But I feel like they are relying a lot on um Tim Tim English who's having one of the gre- one of the better um AFL fantasy seasons in memory. So, um I reckon your boys will get it done. I feel like you're just being a little more consistent. And you, you seem to also play always quite well at um at a uh, at Marvel. Yeah. Well, you're not dissing on the dogs just because you go for the cats, right? No, Is I, that I, like I'm, I'm happy on my workplace? What oh, can I say? okay, okay, of the course. The ground quality there. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'll try and uh, get my, use my credentials one day to get a bit yep. of a behind the scenes interview. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, Carlton then. Um. Please perform. This is more than a request. Michael Voss, if you're listening. Sunday, we move on to Adelaide Crows and St Kilda from Adelaide Oval, 1.10pm. I think this is an interesting one to look at too. Um, Patrick Parnell, named for Adelaide. Uh, they've um, out is Matt Crouch and Nick Murray. Sinclair of Nain, Anthony Caminiti back in. Out Jack Bytel and Jade Gresham. Um, interesting. Uh, I think similar levels. I think Adelaide are, are really coming up the ranks um, this year. Uh, and St Kilda's still holding that third spot. So, look, they've had an extremely good season for where they're at and where I think their probably squad was at initially. Um, so as well. I think this is a good test for them. Um, if I can get another win away. I, I, they had that uh, dramatic loss at Adelaide Oval against Collingwood in the gather round, if you remember, a few weeks ago. So I think they'll be wanting to get that hoodoo out. What are your thoughts on this? Just quickly, because we are pushing for time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon Saints, I still have a lot of hope in them. I reckon they've been impressive this year. And when they have lost it, they haven't, they're yet to get completely kind of blown out. I mean... Third on third on the ladder, exceeding all expectations. I think we have to be kind of we have to give credit to the whole whole organisation and to the whole playing squad that they've obviously shown themselves to be a lot de- a lot more depth than they had. And I'll um, take the Saints with a victory from home. I might go with Adelaide here just because of, of vibes. Again, I, they've managed to beat the Dockers a couple of weeks ago as well. Even though they did, they did lose in the past two weeks, it might be time for a bit of a resurgence after some tough training. I think Adelaide's going to take this one away. 
Okay, yeah, I, I think Adelaide home, big home crowd. Uh, I think this will be a big win for them. Um, <laughs> squeeze the chicken. <laughs> had, had to be said. Uh, Collingwood and GWS Giants um, at the last game of the round, 4.40 MCG Sunday afternoon. Out, um, Collingwood made no chance. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So Collingwood Billy wins. Frampton. We can move on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cameron Fleeton for Gi- Gi- Giants uh, out to Callum Ward Isaac coming uh, yeah I think Collingwood should win this pretty comfortably uh, although we've seen a bit of an up from the Giants in the last couple of weeks I think it'll be too strong for them at the MCG and that is round 9 when we come back uh, the round ball game uh, A-League finals the Socceroos have got um, their uh, group announced for the Asian Cup in is it next year? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. Is. Um, and a bit of the UCL and Premier League. That's all coming up next on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. Nothing but thieves overcome. That's a brand new one from them on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. It's time to talk the Ramble game, and we'll be talking about the Champions League. Wow, big couple of games in the Champions League uh, over the last uh, last week, p- pretty much. Uh, the second, uh, first, sorry, first leg of the semi-finals have been completed. Real Madrid and Man City uh, drew one-one on Wednesday morning. Um, a goal from Vinicius Junior, amazing one since the 36th minute, and then it was answered in the 67th minute by Kevin De Bruyne. Both amazing goals if you've not seen it. Um, so home at the Berner Berner. Uh, tough, tough away. Uh, I think City last year um, played the second leg there uh, as opposed to the first leg. So I think maybe it's probably decent for City fans that they got the first leg out of the way there. And I think uh, a draw result from at there away uh, is pretty good. Um, uh, no better team in world football. When it comes to competition, when it comes to club, when it comes to. Um Cup football, knockout football, then Real Madrid, you look at their history from the 50s to now, they're basically, when they at their best, Champions League football, that's what they bred to do, that's what their yeah. whole season, I mean the whole season comes down to it, but yeah, I think you did pretty well. I did find it pretty interesting, apparently, the ref who ref the first leg at the Bernabeu, um, they're tipping to be the head referee for the final. So, okay. um, yeah, the ref, UEFA was actually really impressed by his performance. And okay. kinda I, I was more annoyed that the uh, weren't, there was definitely not enough yellow cards given out that game. I, I think the uh, they were really getting into some of our players, Madrid. They were mm. playing, not dirty, but uh, look, Physical. they were getting... Yeah, phys, phys, the physicality in that game was a lot and almost a bit too much when Jack Grealish got pushed in the back into the uh, LED sideboard, yeah, which was um, not good. And no no yellow card for that. I thought that was a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I heard him and Danny Carvajal weren't exactly saying eye to eye. No, so but, um, the, that was pretty intense. How about the battle between Venetius and Kyle Walker, though? Like, not that, not that bad, eh? No, well, they're both speedsmen, so... Um, uh, and I can't take anything away from that goal. It was just... There's no stopping that. The speed of some of these goals, I wish you could... Get, uh, I know they used to put stats out in some of the balls uh, of how fast they're flying into net, but <laughs> they must have go, oh, been the going very fast. Velocity is insane. Uh, so that warms up for an in- interesting second leg at home in Manchester next weekend. Um, and on Thursday morning, uh, it was the Milan derby for um, a semi-final for the first time. Epic, <laughs> epic of proportions. And the um, San Siro didn't burn down. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it went the way of... 
Uh, Inter Milan, Eddie and Jacko uh, scoring in the eighth minute, and Henrik uh, Mikrian, I think. Mikatarian. Mikatarian, eleventh uh, minute. So Come back pretty to much. Um, <laughs> we need you <laughs> in Inter's net and scoreline for the first leg. Um, so they play both legs there, right? Because yeah, it's both <laughs> both their home ground. I, I imagine think. kind of like the um, ticket so the ticket allocation probably just kind of does a kind of like a swapsie. So now I think yeah, yeah it was a Milan home game. I kind of saw the way their kind of tifos were kind of set out. There was kind of a small section of interference. One thing I always find um, cool about the Milan derby is that it's actually there's not home and away sections because obviously like everyone's got a mum or a dad who's an Inter or a Ma- or um or an AC fan. There's actually kind of basically kind of seeing the we have in the AFL. So I think that's always been a really nice thing. Given there's the UEFA Champions League semi-final, I'm not too sure if it'll be that much of a social atmosphere, that is for sure. But one of my favourite videos of the week came from that derby. It was essentially a, a Milan, I'm a Milanese uh, fan, a little kid, like six-year-old, is a bit, obviously a bit upset to see his team lose. And his dad kind of comes up to him and kind of, because he's throwing his uh, scarf on the ground, dad comes up and kind of wraps the scarf around and kind of say, we've still got a chance, there's a chance. And then he tells him something, I think he tells me to tell him, yeah, flip off the Inter fans while we're walking by. So you see, uh, you see dad and uh, son turn around to the Inter fans, flip them off and then walk down the race. <laughs> wow. Very, okay. very, very cute. <laughs> well, how are we feeling about these? the second leg of the game? Do you think that City's going to be able to take it away or is Madrid playing too well? Look, so yeah, well definitely uh, Thursday morning, 5am, the second leg of the uh, the first game. Man City and Real Madrid, yeah, I'd, I think um, been, we've been pretty good the last couple of weekends at weeks at home. A good home record, uh, and I think they're a bit burnt from Real Madrid last year. That was a, a hard way to go out. <laughs> Two goals in um, in the plus 90, I think, from memory. Um, so it was rough. So they'll be in the back of their minds. And I think with Haaland being in the... Um, he's he, he's up to breaking the uh, breaking records already, but uh, he could overtake few, Ronaldo for most goals scored in uh, Champions League. Uh, so that's a possibility. So I'm sure that's something he'd be after. And... Um, I don't think he's won a Champions League. Uh, I remember, uh, I think PSG bet Dortmund one year or knocked them out in the semi, so I don't think he's won that title either. Um, so I, I, I think City should be able to get it done at home, hopefully. And the treble would be still on the line. That, <laughs> that'd be crazy if we walk away with that. Um, and then as opposed for Inter and uh, AC, well, could we see a crazy comeback? I don't know, but I think a 2-0 lead is a pretty good spot to be in. Weirder things have happened. Um, the way Rafael Leal has been playing these days, um, honestly, would not count it out. But yeah, I think the Inter boys are looking, uh, goes without saying, I think they're definitely looking in a very comfortable position at the moment. Premier League time. Uh, and it's match day 36. Just two weeks to go. Um, incredible. In, it's just really, really getting tight and it's going to come down um, to the wire um, for relegation, some of these teams. So it's going to be interesting. It kicks off tomorrow night with Leeds, United and Newcastle from 9.30. Then on uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning from midnight, Southampton play Fulham. Chelsea play Nottingham Forest the same time. Aston Villa and Tottenham the same time. Man United and Wolves the same time. Crystal Palace and Bournemouth at the same time as well. Um, Sunday night, 11pm, um, it is Everton and Man City. Brentford and West Ham play uh, Sunday 11 as well. Uh, and then Monday morning, 1.30, Arsenal play Brighton and Leicester City and Liverpool play 
sorry, Liverpool play Tuesday uh, at 5am. A few big games here just to look out for just quickly. Uh, I think as in regards to battle of maybe the top four and getting a European spot, Aston Villa and Tottenham uh, is an interesting one to look at too. Um, and then as far as relegation, um, Brentford and West Ham, Everton, Man City. I mean, that goes both ways for title and relegation mm-hmm. spots. So that's going to be a definitely interesting yeah. one. Poor, uh, um, poor Jerry's going to be a little bit stressed over the next uh, couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing Leicester hover in relegation as well yep. is just baffling. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... The fairy tale's well and truly over, unfortunately, at the King Power. Well, if they can get a point up against Liverpool, but it's just, it's going to be one of these powerhouses going down, unfortunately. Um, Everton, yeah. and uh, so the bottom at the table at the moment, Southampton on 24, they're done, they're going. Uh, Leeds, second bottom, 30 points. Um, top of the relegate, uh, sorry, the um, end zone, Leicester City, 30. Uh, Everton, 32. Nottingham Forest 33, and I think West Ham's safe now on 37 points. The other end of the table, uh, Man City on top on 82 points. One point behind is Arsenal. Uh, Newcastle in third on in 65 huh? points. Well, Newcastle in third. I mean, I've been following the Premier League yeah. for a little bit, but it still surprises me every single time I look at the table that they're in there. The Saudi money... They've uh, been very good. Saudi, They've been decent. Saudi money um, definitely um, helps uh, motivate the players, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Man United uh, in fourth, 63 points. Uh, Liverpool fifth, uh, 62. And Tottenham, Brighton, Aston Villa. Would um, we say, um, quickly, would we say Unai Emery uh, would be the manager of the season? Would we would we have him? Would we have him, or do we have um, Arteta? In your opinion? Ah, uh, well, just the way the um, I, I'd honestly have you know, I'd have Emery. My opinion. Same page here too. Yeah, he's uh, he's come in and uh, done really well with Villa. Um, so there's no doubt about that. Um, and Arteta has up until <laughs> maybe the last month um, has been outstanding. Uh, so you've also got the Zerbi from Brighton. Yeah. Yeah, like, fantastic right. what he's... What are some of these... Uh, I, I, I think that's going to be a really tough game at home to Everton for City. Mm. I think there's a lot of pressure on City at the moment, and they're, they're going to be, uh, I think, really exhausted with the Champions League games in the middle and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, so, be well, Pep's got a big task. Um, hmm. Can I... Interesting. Uh, talking about the second division, I'm very, very happy to announce that the mighty QPR... Have confirmed a, I think that have confirmed their tenth season in a row in the uh, second division by barely scraping uh, by uh, survival. We go. finished twenty six points above uh, relegated Reading twenty second, twentieth out of twenty four. Not a spectacular season, but the boys survived. Go us! <laughs> exciting, exciting times, well exciting times in West London, Shepherd's Bush. We love it. Up the R's. Okay, uh, A-League time now, and it's the A-League semi-finals, as we covered last week, uh, elimination finals. So Adelaide United and Sydney FC are through Wellington Phoenix, Western Sydney Wanderers out. Uh, so the first leg of the semi-finals begin tonight, 7.45. Sydney FC host Melbourne City at Allianz Stadium tonight in Sydney. Um, 
massive upset win, I think, Sydney, uh, getting through over Western Sydney Wanderers, just scraping into the final Sydney uh, and could be charging. This uh, this is going to be a really tough game for City. Uh, I think City's performance the last couple of weeks. Uh, finally, I think we've got a decent bit of momentum going into the finals, but, you know, the weeks, the couple of weeks off um, makes things interesting as opposed to a team that's running off momentum and charging through, especially if they're on a lower point of uh, entering in the finals. Uh, and they are a big side, no doubt about that. They have been probably disappointing this season, so they probably want to finish off uh, a little better. So really tough game tonight, 7.45 away leg. Uh, how do we see that one? Hmm. Uh, competitive and interesting as always. I think um, one thing I've read that's been really cool to see from the um, A-League this year has been a lot more on communication with the fans policy. And I think even though I don't agree with the finals being held in um, Sydney, I think it has been good to see there's been more communication there. But um, I reckon home ground advantage, but with the Cove obviously boycotting the final, I don't think there'll be that much of an that that much of an impact to be honest. Oh, I'd, whether there's a crowd there or not, I still think the getting on a plane and playing in a big stadium away, I think that always factor whether the fans are there or not. Um, Did you see what happened um, like post game against the after the Wonders game with our Ninka bit? Um, <laughs> It was pretty tense, um, uh, and they look fired up, Sydney, so um, it's going to be a tense one. Uh, tomorrow, 7.45, the other semi-final, Adelaide United and Central Coast Mariners. Uh, Socceroo v Socceroo. Um, good to see Jason Cummings, well, <laughs> if he remains Come in the on. league, I don't <laughs> don't know. Um, uh, and Central Coast have been on the fringes of it the last couple of seasons, so I think this would be a massive dub for them if they can get over mm-hmm. Adelaide United. They just sneaked into second, so they do have the um, they had the week off and stuff. So uh, interesting right. one this one. But Adelaide United always seem to do well, okay in finals, and they always seem to be around. So uh, a home leg at Cooper Stadium looks pretty interesting. Yeah, speaking of Socceroos as well, uh, I think we've just got to fly through is we've also managed to get the draw for our Asian Cup that we were speaking about earlier. Yep. We've managed to draw into Group B with Uzbekistan, Syria and India, which are teams that haven't exactly shown themselves on the world stage compared to Australia, who somehow have wormed into the round of 16. Uh, there are a lot of other showing teams like Japan, China, even Jordan, who plays fairly well coming through in the other groups. But until that comes around, I think we're pretty much chilling. I think that's going to be a very good measure to kind of see where we are progress-wise and has momentum from Qatar followed through in the year and uh, well in the two years after. Well, it's, it's hard to say. So th- that's definitely good news, I think, for Socceroos. We've had some hard, hard group stages uh, definitely in the past. So, the, yeah, those games again tonight, Sydney FC, Melbourne City and Adelaide United and Central Coast Mariners tomorrow, respectively, the semi-final uh, home legs for Melbourne City will be next Friday night and uh, Saturday for Central Coast next week. Uh, and then, wow, the momentum's building. So big things mm. in the world uh, of football um, as we round out towards the end of the show. Any last kind of notes, Adam and Oscar? Well, I, I thought I'd throw in something about basketball if we have a brief moment as well for anyone yeah. who's listening, waiting on that. I think the most notable thing to point out is the Suns versus the Nuggets in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Right now, I've just seen the Nuggets take up their fourth game in the playoffs, which means the Suns are eliminated. And on top of that oh, as well, man. Jovic, who was playing, has scored, I think, more 30-point triple-doubles in the playoffs than every single other center combined, which is pretty crazy. So being insane, I think the debate whether him or Embiid uh, were more deserving of the MVP will stretch on for years to come just like this podcast will <laughs> because uh, we're building something very good here boys yes that's right and yeah anything else you wanted to say 
Uh, up the mighty catters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's where we... Oh, hit the wrong button, but we love the Premier League <laughs> tune, so... Uh, but that is where we leave it on Friday evening. Uh, I've been Sam and Hennett, joined by Adam Mil- Miller and Oscar Sandon on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. Catch a po- podcast uh, and our social media at Sports Desk Sin on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you from Monday at 5pm and of course back next Friday at 5pm as well. We'll see you then. This has been the Sports Desk on Sin. Yeah.